The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. After he had fed the people, Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side, while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught Peter and said to him, O you of little faith, why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. How many fans of the chosen out there? Okay, a number of you. How many of you don't know what the chosen is? Raise your hand. Okay. So the chosen is this uh, hugely successful crowd-funded series on Jesus, the life of Jesus. So if you haven't started watching The Chosen, start watching it. It's really good. It's really good. And I would say it could even change the way that you relate to Jesus. I know several people who have commented to me, wow, Father, it's really changed my prayer life. It's helped me a lot in the way that I, that I relate to God and that I, I think of God. So I gave it as a homework assignment once, and out of guilt, this friend of mine watched it because he said, and he and his wife said, no, we can't face Father Jason and tell him that we didn't do our homework last week. So I won't be back next week, so I guess I can't guilt you into watching it, but... It's really worth watching. So in the, in the third season, there's three seasons so far. And in one of the last episodes, I guess it's maybe even the last episode, this gospel passage that we read today is portrayed. And so one of the things that strikes me as I read today's gospel is after Peter starts to sink, Jesus says to him, oh, you of little faith. And I'm thinking, well, Peter's the only one that got out of the boat, you know? <laughs> All the other guys are like, this is crazy. What are you doing? So in a sense, Peter had more faith than any of the other guys in the boat. But it's true. Once he got out and was walking on the water, he became scared. He got 
scared because of all of the wind and the waves. And he started probably rationalizing after he was already walking on the water. This is crazy. How can this be happening? This is really dangerous. And then he starts to sink. As his faith begins to wane, you might say. As he begins to doubt that this could ever be possible after he was already doing it. Well, of course, a couple of like days later, I guess, I mean, this is Matthew 14, so it also occurred to me that at the end, look at this confession of faith that they all say, those who were in the boat all did a homage saying, truly you are the son of God. Well, in just a couple of chapters later, Jesus asks the apostles, who do you say that I am? And they're like, uh, I don't know. Some say that you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Others, one of the prophets. I don't know. And, and then it's Peter again who says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus affirms him and praises him. Blessed are you, Simon Peter. For flesh and blood, Simon, son of Jonah, excuse me. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my father has revealed this to you. And so now I'm calling you Peter, which comes from the, the Greek, Petros, for rock. And on this rock, I will build my church. So, and then after that, Peter, you know, Peter, Jesus is talking about his having to go up to Jerusalem and, and, and be crucified and die. And then Peter says, no, God forbid that should ever happen to you. And then Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. You know? <laughs> so all these ups and downs for Peter. All these ups and downs for Peter, the first pope, who then eventually did, in a sense, lay down his life. He was crucified upside down in Nero's circus. But there's even a tradition that says before that happened, he was going to escape Rome. The story Quo Vadis, you know that story or that tradition? So as Peter's on his way out of Rome, he sees a vision of Jesus going back into the city. And, and Peter turns to him in, in Latin and would say, Domine Quo Vadis, Lord, where are you going? Jesus is like, well, I'm going to be crucified again because you're, you're like leaving the city and you're leaving the testimony that you're supposed to be giving. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. Shoot. Okay, I'm going. Don't worry. I'm going. I'm going. So then, yeah, Peter's crucified upside down in Nero's circus. So anyway, I think it's good for us to remember this because sometimes we can have this image of the apostles, of the saints, that it was just always easy for them, that they never had any doubts, that they never struggled. Quite the contrary. You know, and that's another good thing that the, the chosen brings out is how, you know, their humanity, it brings out their humanity, how they struggled with believing in Jesus, with following Jesus, with being nice to each other, getting along. It wasn't easy. And, and nor is it easy for us. Amen. Even for all of you here who are who are here on a Sunday morning and, you know, God bless you because you, you you could not be here. Right. You could still be in bed. You could be on the golf course or on the lake. 
And that's fine if you go there later today. Don't get me wrong, right? Enjoy your Sunday. But here you are giving this time to the Lord at the beginning of this day. And he, he wants to honor that. He will honor that. He will bless that. And he's inviting us today, I have to believe, to, to listen. To listen to him more and more. And, and that first reading, it's a classic Oh, it's not in this book. It's, it's Elijah, the prophet. And, you know, you may not know the story of Elijah, but before he's here in this cave, he's just had this huge confrontation with these false prophets, the prophets of Baal. And he wins this battle of the prophets. And then he even, you know, I won't say it in front of all the kids, but he takes care of the prophets of Baal. Let's just leave it at that, right? You can go and look it up after mass, you adults out there. Right, so Elijah takes care of business. And then he goes off to this cave, kind of in fear, really. He's running away from somebody, even after all of that power was shown through his words and deeds. But now the Lord wants to speak to him again. And the Lord wants to speak to all of us again and again. And it's interesting how God speaks to him. It's not... In the earthquake, it's not in the thunder and lightning, it's not in the fire, it's in the whisper. It's in the whisper, which I take to mean it's, it's in the silence. It's in the silence of our hearts that God speaks to us in an ordinary way. So there's an ordinary way that God wants to communicate to us. In the silence of our hearts, when we pause and make an act of faith in his presence, when we're reading his word, when we're here at mass, maybe when you're out for a walk in nature or on the lake or wherever it is that you feel like God can speak to you most clearly, it's going to be in the silence, in that stillness. And that's why I like to say silence is golden. But I think today, more than ever, it's something that we all need to be very intentional about. Carving out times of silence when we can hear that tiny whisper. Because you're not going to hear the tiny whisper if there's all kinds of noise. Or when you're watching the Lions on TV, you know. Football season is underway. But I'm wearing green today, just in case you were wondering where my allegiance lies, okay? I'm a, I'm a cheesehead. I, I, I apologize. Thank you. Yes. So, so we're not going to hear God typically, you know, when we're in front of the TV. But God can use anything, and he will if he has to. He will use an earthquake or thunder and lightning or a fire if he has to. But he doesn't prefer that. He doesn't prefer that. It's just like, you know, for all of you parents out there, you prefer to use a nice, calm voice to your children, right? Honey, would you mind picking up your room right now? Thank you so much. And how many kids respond to that immediately all the time? No? Really? Dom? No? <laughs> I'm picking on you. No? <laughs> so... So then what happens? We raise our voice, right? 
and we might stomp a little bit and say, how many times do I have to tell you to pick up your room? Right? And so, you know, do you prefer that mode of communication? No. Right? But sometimes it's necessary. And so God's the same way. He prefers not to have to do that. But sometimes, you know, he will resort to that. Or he'll allow things to happen around you to get your attention. Not that he wills bad things to happen. Please don't ever ascribe to God bad things. But does he allow bad things to happen? Sure. However, only so as to bring about something good, even a greater good. And he can do that. God can do that. And so he invites us to listen to him because he has good things to say. God has good things to say to us. He has good things to say to you. He might, you know, correct you. But again, that's only for your own good. It's not to condemn you. It's not to shame you. I tell people in the confessional all the time, God doesn't wag his finger in your face and say shame on you. God never does that. He, as we read the Gospels, Jesus never shames a sinner. He gets upset with the Pharisees and the scribes, the, the religious leaders who are hypocrites, who are making following God harder, but he never wags his finger in the face of a sinner. On the contrary, he encourages them and he assures them of his love and mercy and forgiveness and peace and friendship. That's Jesus. That's Jesus. And so today, I just wanted to, to pray for a minute here at the end of the homily. And there are, there are, if you will, lies that we've all believed. Because God's not the only one speaking to us. You know, the enemy, the enemy of God, your enemy, <laughs> the devil and his minions, they speak to us as well. Jesus called Satan the father of lies. Satan is the father of lies. So when he lies to you, he speaks according to his nature, which is to bring you down, which is to shame you. The word Satan also has the connotation of the accuser. So yes, Satan is the one who wags his finger in your face and accuses you and tries to lead you into more and more fear and despair, hopelessness, confusion. So, Holy Spirit, I, I invite you to come right now the spirit of truth, the spirit of Jesus. To give us all an awareness here of some of the lies that we've believed about ourselves and about God. Like, I'm not good enough, or there's something wrong with me. Like that microphone joke at the beginning. <laughs> the lies that you're not good enough, that there's something wrong with you, that you don't have what it takes, that you're not pretty, that you're not beautiful, that you're not smart. In the name of Jesus, I speak to every lie 
that we have believed. And I command them to bow before the mighty name of Jesus. And every thought that we have believed that is contrary to the will of God for us, that is contrary to the mind and the heart of Christ for us, I command it to leave now and to go straight to the foot of the cross to be dealt with by Jesus as he wills. And in place of those lies, those toxic thoughts, I just ask you, Holy Spirit, to come and speak truth to our hearts in the silence of our hearts. Remind us that God is good, that we are good, and that he has good plans for us and for our families and for our community and for this church. And remind us, Holy Spirit, that we are the light of the world because God has put his light in us making us his sons and daughters in the order of grace. Remind us that we belong to God, that we are his, and that he is committed to us, so much so that the Father gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life in him through his blood shed for us on the cross. Amen.